Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and all are welcome here. We come from a long tradition that sees a spark of the divine in every person, and it is in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. Now please say with me the words for lighting our chalice, which is a symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Our call to worship this morning is here we gather in beauty. Here we gather seeking the beauty of the sacred that dwells within all things. Here we gather, seeking the love to be found in this, our religious community. Here we gather for both comfort and for challenge. Here we nourish our spirits together so that we may know the beauty within us, among us, and beyond us. Unitarian Universalists don't have a creed. There's no set of beliefs we all have to sign on to, and we draw from all of the world's religions and wisdom sources. So sometimes people say, well, if you don't have a set of beliefs that you share in common, what holds you together? And I think there's a lot that holds us together. I think all of our theology somehow involve relationship, and we have a covenant of healthy relationship which expresses the promises that we make to each other on how we will be together in relationship. I think that holds us together. Our common values hold us together. And out of those values arise, arises a common purpose. It's our mission. We put it on our wall and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our reading this morning is from the Navajo tradition. Beauty is before me and beauty behind me. Above me and below me hovers the beautiful. I am surrounded by it. I am immersed in it. In my youth, I am aware of it. And in old age, I shall walk quietly the beautiful trail. In beauty it is begun, in beauty it is ended. We grieve together, dwelling in that place of greater wisdom. We enter a moment of silence together, acknowledging that the sounds of small children are part of the sacred silence in this congregation. Now let us enter a moment of silence together. Our Unitarian Universalist fourth principle says that we affirm and promote a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. I personally add beauty to that search. I add beauty because I think sometimes to find or make meaning, we need beauty. Sometimes the truth is a hard truth. It is a difficult reality. And so we also need to be able to still experience beauty in order to make meaning in our lives, to be able to continue to see the divine in ourselves and all around us. 
It's a video I made several years ago for a seminary class. It was done from several photos taken at some of our local nature trails and in one of our neighborhoods at, that at the time we might have called transitional. I'm afraid now I at least would have to call it unaffordable. Anyway, I, I wanted to transpose those images from that neighborhood and the images from the nature trails to show that the duality that we so often set up between nature and human beings and our creations is a false duality, that we are within and a part of nature. Beauty can be found everywhere. And I love the delicious incongruity of the cross that appeared to be rising up out of that recycling trash can, as well as the ready-or-not-Jesus-is-coming sign that was in the same lot as the bright red fence with the money line, Moneyland sign on it. It seems that perhaps our separation between the sacred and the secular is also a false duality. Human rights and environmental activist, poet, and scholar Carol Lee Sanchez is of Lakota Native American heritage. In her article, Animal, Vegetable, and Mineral, The Sacred Connection, she writes about how most Native American tribes do not even have a concept for these distinctions between humans and nature, the sacred and the material world. Instead, they understand humans, animals, plants, and all of the elements of our universe to be related to and a part of each other. So for traditional Native Americans, to be spiritual, to be a good person, humans must extend good intentions and good behavior toward not just other people, but toward creatures, plants, and all of the elements. They call doing this to walk in beauty, and it allows for us to see beauty in everything. Here is a sampling of how she describes walking in beauty. When Native Americans refer to themselves as spiritual people, they are saying they believe that everything in the universe is imbued with spirit, and they embrace, acknowledge, and respect the animating force within, surrounding, and beyond all things, including humans. The idea of the sacred held by traditional Indians is all-inclusive, and to be spiritual is to be in communion with the great mystery. I wonder how our world might change for the better if more people adapted this perspective. I'll share a couple of experiences that have helped move me at least a little closer toward this perspective. The first opened me to this idea that there is no separation between humans and nature and that therefore beauty can be found anywhere. It was after my grandmother's funeral. My family had gathered in the home where my grandparents had raised their children and then helped raise many of their grandchildren, including me. My grandfather had died a few years earlier. Now, I loved my grandparents dearly, but I didn't so much love the Beaumont Port Arthur area where they lived and where I grew up. It's flat, swampy, hot, humid, and filled with chemical refineries that from time to time fill the air with strange odors and light up the night sky with these giant torch towers where they burn off waste gases. And all of this just didn't fit into my concept of beauty. Later that evening, though, I excused myself and I walked out into the yard where I used to play as a child. Lit by the flame of one of those torch towers, the night sky was glowing with an orange-red light, much like an amazing sunrise. And suddenly, I found that I could see and experience an odd sort of beauty. And dwelling in that beauty, I was also able to finally truly feel the loss, 
the loss over realizing that I would soon never again be connected with this place, this home where I had felt such warmth and safety and love. The other experience was that of being in communion with the great mystery of which Carol Lee Sanchez writes. I was walking to a seminary class one cold morning in Chicago. To my left rose tall buildings of stone and glass. To my right, across Michigan Avenue, was a large park area, and beyond that, a partially frozen over Lake Michigan. The sidewalk was filled with people. I was meditating as I made my way through the crowd, and suddenly I had this overwhelming sense that I was a part of each of the people in this throng of humanity, as well as a part of the buildings, the sidewalk, the lake, and everything else, and all of this was a part of me. It was a beautiful, transcendent experience, yet a little bit overwhelming. I had to duck into a doorway for a moment before I could go on. I had truly been walking in beauty, connected to the great mystery. I think the challenge is, though, it can be particularly hard to walk in beauty during difficult times, and for many of us, these are proving to be very difficult times. Yet, these may be the very times we need to be able to see beauty most. I know that for me personally, it's sometimes hard to see beauty at all. It feels oppressive. When I see my deepest values and principles being threatened like never before by things like a five-year-old being detained separate from his family for hours on end on his birthday and another young child handcuffed, people across the world being prevented from entering the U.S. and detained at our airports even when they had legal visas, even when they were legal permanent residents, a white supremacist at the center of national security decision-making, a very small group within the White House systematically dismantling or neutering our institutions that are supposed to serve as checks and balances, the groundwork being laid for what I fear will be even greater human rights abuses, and the list could go on and on. And yet, yet, we are also seeing the largest protest in our history. Activist groups that formerly worked in silos joining together and more and more people engaging in more and more types of political activity and resistance than I can remember seeing in my lifetime. This all reminds me of what the wonderful liberation theologian James Cone calls terrible beauty. Terrible beauty is when that situation that I mentioned earlier happens. Truth. Reality is difficult or even tragic, and so we need beauty to make meaning. For Cone, it is when an oppressed people starkly acknowledge the reality of their hurt and loss and yet refuse to let it define them, claiming their own sense of humanity instead. I fear we're going to have to find terrible beauty in solidarity with our Muslim human family members, with immigrants, with people of color, with women and their allies who dare to demand equality. And yes, I fear that I and my fellow lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer folks are going to need our allies to find that terrible beauty with us as attempts get made to legalize discrimination against LGBTQ folks across the country. We are going to need that ironic tenacity of which Dr. Cohn spoke. We are going to need each other. 
And that's where one more source of beauty I want to discuss with you comes in. This religious community is a thing of beauty. It's a place that sustains and nourishes so many of us. We have been experiencing high levels of wonderful visitors. Just last week, 28 new members joined the church, some of whom you got to meet earlier. Friday before last, a terrific group of our church members put together a moving and healing People's Inauguration worship service. And it's beautiful that this church is becoming a place of both comfort and challenge toward doing justice for more and more people. I think the challenge during times like these, though, is that we can very easily become stressed out. No matter what our political persuasion, there is so much coming at us right now. There is such a greater-than-usual sense of uncertainty in our world. And when we're stressed out, at the very times when we need one another most, most, we can behave in ways we normally wouldn't. I know I've found myself having to be careful to take a step back, take three or four deep breaths, and check myself from responding to another's words or actions that I would probably normally just let go. I've found myself having to take that step back to keep from assigning intentions that may or may not be accurate. And all of that's just with my spouse, Wayne. Poor guy. What we need to know is that these types of reactions under stress are normal. They are, in fact, neurologically hardwired. Our brains kind of shift into a different mode. The great thing is, though, we're capable of interrupting ourselves when this starts happening by recognizing the negative feelings and reactions when they're coming up, taking that step back, taking those three or four deep breaths. By doing so, we re-engage our brain's more rational mode. So in this time, when so many of us need this, our beautiful, beloved community, let's try to move even beyond the promises we have made to one another in our covenant of healthy relations. Let's not only try to interrupt those stress-related reactions that may try to come up in us, but let's ask ourselves how we can offer each other more kindness, more fun, more humor, more compassion, more support. We are in life's struggle together, and there is so much beauty to be found in the struggle itself, with and through each other. If we walk in beauty together, and we invite more and more people to walk with us, and we join in solidarity with more and more other groups of folks also working in beauty together, I believe we can create something greater than resistance. I think we can create a revolution that will move hearts and influence minds. And wouldn't that be terribly beautiful? Please say with me our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. May you see and experience in the days, weeks, and months to come the great beauty that surrounds us, that is within us, that we create between us. May the congregation say amen, amen. and blessed be. Blessed. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. 
For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.